Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Imagine just like waking up and you're on the top of a stagecoach and the horses are hauling ass down this dusty road. And you're like, what the hell? I didn't sign up for this. And uh, you've got the reins, you wake up and you sit up and you've got the reins to the horses and you're like, I'm out of control here. I gotta, I gotta tone this thing down. You know, 2020 kind of dragged us all through the weeds, so to speak. And sometimes when we get dragged through the weeds, it doesn't feel very good because we lose our sense of control. But on the stagecoach, the reins are on the horses, and if you can just navigate these reins, you'll go back to being safe. Wow, wouldn't safety feel good? Well, I tell you what, while the horses are hauling ass, throw the reins down on the horses. Just throw them down. Just forget about the idea of control and let them haul ass all they want. In fact, pull out your six-shooters and clip off a few rounds into the sky. Well, well, what the hell would we want to do that for? The, the side effect of control is the collapse of who we could be. And the more our life goes into chaos, sometimes we get addicted to control. And I think 2020 has shown us that control isn't all it's cracked up to be because some of these things are outside of our grasp. Welcome to the show tonight. I'm so excited for this conversation. The topic tonight is walk through this. It's the name of our guest, Sarah Schulting Krantz's book. It just came out last year, and how timely. Imagine writing a book during 2020. That's what our guest did. But I'm going to go back to this control thing a little bit because in order for change to happen, we've got to, we've got to throw normal out the door. Normal, by its very definition, means more the same. How many people, go ahead, raise your hand, how many people after 2020 would love for things to get back to normal? Normal. Well, sometimes we need the cosmic two-by-four to come along and crack us upside of the head. And when that happens, it can seem like our life is falling apart, but I suggest to you that sometimes we get the cosmic two-by-four across the head because we've been ignoring the signs. We've been ignoring the signals that our soul, our heart and our soul has been showing us about what our life might be. It's a, it's a curious planet to live on because... There's billions of people on the planet, and so many people are, are drowning in the mundane. The, um, each day is like the day before. 
their their thoughts day in and day out don't change very much. And yet there's no joy in their step. There's no passion in their expression. There's no possibility of change because they're addicted to the norm and they don't want to let go of control. Well, I think we're going to have a wonderful conversation tonight, and I think we should get to it. Again, the topic tonight is walk through this, and our guest, Sarah Schulting-Krantz, is our guest. She wrote this book last year. She was 17 years old when she became pregnant following a sexual assault committed by someone she believed to be a friend. This story is how she found her path to forgiveness. At 17 was the first cosmic 2 by 4 23 years later, in 17 years into a happy marriage, with a man who became the father of her two subsequent sons, Sarah was dealt another blow, one that nearly crushed her. Her husband had been leading a double life, denying his truth that he was gay while acting out on his own secret struggles, betraying her with men while also abusing drugs, alcohol, and sex. In her book, Walk Through This, Harness the healing power of nature and travel the road to forgiveness, Sarah shares the full scope of her story and provides a detailed roadmap to forgiveness and healing for others who have suffered setbacks or trauma. She is a professional coach, a wilderness guide, a published author, a TEDx speaker, an executive producer of Walk Through This, a documentary feature in production of her healing journey in nature, and a single mom of three amazing sons. As a multiple trauma survivor, Sarah coaches individual men and women through their own life-shifting journeys of healing and transformation. When not working with individual clients, you will find her guiding transformational coaching, hiking, adventure, meditation, and breathwork retreats in the Grand Canyon, how cool is that, in the mountains of Southern California. Join me in welcoming Sarah to the show. Sarah, we finally got you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. You know, as I as I um, learned your story more and more, and then uh, I talked to you, the the vibrant, passionate um, person that you are today yeah. doesn't match your story per se. Because I mean, for the cosmic two by four to crack you upside the head twice, I mean. You really you signed up for the 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 tough course and it and it looks like you passed. Um, can you can you just share 
like the 10,000-foot view? I know I read some of it in the mm. introduction, but what brought you to where you are today? You know, I listened to what you had to say, and I sit here and I'm like, wow, that's me. It's so wild. So when you when you say that, you know, you signed up for that, it's, it, it's, it is. It's one of those things that I just look back on and I go, holy, I've been through a lot of stuff. Um, and I am happiest today happier than I've ever been um you know it's interesting when I when I was 17 and when I was raped by somebody that I knew um and I went to the police and I tried to press charges and I remember sitting in the police station's office and them refusing to press charges because there was insufficient quote evidence even though I was pregnant um and I had to get a restraining order restraining order on this individual who had been stalking me and um there's so much behind that story that I do share in my book. The lesson that I learned back then at 17 was the first person and the, the most important person to believe in yourself and to believe in you is yourself. And, you know, I learned that at such a young age, not of my choosing, um, right. but what was my choice, right? Like what was my choice? And, uh, when I was in the hospital, and I'll never forget this, when I was in the hospital and after I'd given birth and the nurse came in and said, I had been seeing a Catholic social services counselor at the time, and she said, we're ready to take your child to um, foster care. And nobody had told me less that they had signed, that they had planned on taking my child to foster care. No one had told me. And so back then when I had to make the phone call to the foster care parents and say, I'm actually taking my son home. He's not going to foster care. I didn't know that they were trying to adopt him out. My voice for so long hadn't been heard. And so, and I, I could cry even just saying this right now, but my voice had not been heard for so long and my story had not been heard. And so when all of this happened at the age of 40, when I found out about my husband, fast forward, I remember sitting there and thinking, okay, this feels very familiar and I know my truth and my truth deserves to be heard. Regardless if people are going to believe it or not, this is my truth. And my story matters because if my story matters, everybody else's story matters too. So that's what really, that was like that age of 17. I honored that girl within me so much because she went through hell and back. And she really set me up for who I became at the age of 40 when all of this happened with my husband. Well, that... That girl is you. I mean. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. And, and she's and she's in me. She walks with me all the time. And I and I give you and her a big virtual hug. I mean, what a journey. It's. Uh, yeah. You know. The, Thank you. Oh, really? I mean, um, I've had a few train wrecks myself, and. Uh, um. You know, in, in hindsight, uh, it can be such painful memories. But um, to to look in to look at who you've been become through the journey, um, you wouldn't be who you are today. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't mean to quantify one side of the coin or the other, but um, from my perspective you discovered an aspect of yourself that was dormant and and those those hard knocks if you will cracked you open and it, and it seems like um 
I don't know the metaphor you you'd you've you've had a drink of what you might be. You've had a a taste of how your life could be that is perhaps wasn't even in your imagination. Right. And yeah. So yeah. There's some powerful messages in this book and um nature and forgiveness stand out as two as two of the prominent ones. Let's let's take let's take a while and talk about forgiveness because it's uh I think people carry such heavy hearts that forgiveness is the elixir, the the medicine, the the answer and they don't always recognize it for what it could be. How how long did it take you to come around to forgiveness? Well, here's what's interesting is when I was asked to do this TED Talk in 2019, November of 2019, the producer of uh, the TED Talk here in Manhattan Beach um, messaged me and she said, hey, what would you like to do it on? And I had no idea. I was just simply asked through a friend like, hey, you've got to get her on stage. And so when she talked to me about this, I said, well, I can do anything about nature healing or I could do this, I would all these ideas. And then she asked me point blank, how have you healed so quickly from so many deep traumas? Because, you know, truly when, when this happened at 40, when I found out that my husband had been betraying me and I literally found out Thanksgiving Eve of 2013 and I, you know, I had discovery on that night, and disclosure lasted five days, and it was pure trauma. I was in so much PTSD, and that whole year after, it was just brutal what was happening within me between my trauma brain and my body and just not understanding and trying to make sense of my life. And I remember even driving down the road one day on the 405, and I just thought, had this moment of if I just crash my car, all of this pain will go away. But I have three sons, and I, I could not do it because, obviously, I have them. And right. so when she asked me that question, it stuck with me. And I said, well, I mean, I've learned to forgive, and I've, I've, it's the only thing that set me free. And then she asked me, well, how do you define forgiveness? And I told her, it's not about forgetting what happened. It's not about pardoning it. It's about releasing my pain and welcoming freedom and peace through the process. And I remember when I sat on the couch 2013, when my husband, uh, my former husband walked up to me from, I was lying on the couch at upstairs and he was in the bedroom and he, and he came up and he told me what it was going on. And I remember just jumping up from the couch and looking at him and screaming and saying, I want a divorce, but I will forgive you someday. And I was 40 years old, completely traumatized, thinking my entire life has just crumbled. And yet I had the wherewithal to say to him, I will forgive you someday. And so when I was explaining this to the producer, I said, I, I, I know it was subconsciously, I know it was me, and it was subconsciously that 17-year-old girl that had to learn at a very young age how to forgive the people that had hurt her most. If it was the guy who raped me, if it was the police, you know, the policeman who didn't believe me, if it was, you know, the people who, who didn't want to believe me, whatever it was. And so that process literally has released me from the biggest traumas of my life. And it's brought me to where I am today, which is happier than ever. And I, I, I've shed my past. 
So even hearing you talk about that, I'm like, man, I have been through a lot. I don't hold on to it though, right? I've learned from it, and it's it's that's to me my responsibility as 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 a woman and as a mom and as a partner and as a friend and all. Of it. It's my responsibility to learn from it and then to create a better life from that. So forgiveness is very very important for me. And you know what's interesting is that when I when I was doing the TED talk, I I researched what the definition of forgiveness is in the dictionary, and they have the word pardon in there, and they have to forgive and forget. And so I real I mean, words matter. How we define things in this world matters. And so when I read that, I got a seething like, "Are you kidding me? No wonder society has such a hard time forgi- forgiving, because right. we're being taught to do something that we should not have to do. We should not have to forget the things that happened to us. Those are ours." Now you said that you don't hold on to it. Now, if I'm a listener to the show right now and there's some rat bastard in my life I'd like to strangle and I'm I'm a million miles away from forgiveness because I could rattle off a list of crap that this this SOB has done metaphorically. Yeah. Why I mean, how do I how do you get past this the the victim thing of um, he did it to me, she did it to me, this event out here happened to me and therefore I'm the victim. How do you, how do you uh, negotiate that? Well, you know, healing from trauma goes through, it's going through that process of the act of triumph, right? It's going through that process of um of regaining your power, of stepping back into that place of empowerment. And that's where nature comes in, truly. Because what happens is when we're traumatized or when we are in those ruminating thoughts in that in that brain spectrum of how could he have, and I'm just saying he because of my husband here, okay, but how could sure. they have or why did they right. or whatever it was, you know, we ruminate on that. And the more that we ruminate on it, the more power that we give to it and the more energy we place there. And so – for me, and this is why this book is so important and why the, this work is so important, is because when we can step out of our four, the four walls that we live in, right, we're, we're always in four walls, whatever it is, especially today with COVID. Um, like I said to you earlier, we, we do therapy on a screen now. We do therapy over Zoom. It's, it's, right. it's unbelievable. And so when we can step out of the four walls and when we can go into nature where we connect with something so much larger than even the experiences, the most difficult experiences that we've lived through. And when we can drop into our heart and allow the frontal lobe of our brain to rest, the back part of our brain to rise, which is where we have clarity, that's where we realize we see things differently, right? We experience things differently. We realize that I'm not connected fully. Like this pain that I am holding on to, it, it does not have to take a hold of me. What I can do is is realize that, you know, we have this present moment. We have the connection to the earth. We have connection to nature. We have connection to something so much larger than all of us. And right. that is actually where living is. We don't need to we don't need to hold on to our deepest pains to live. In fact, it doesn't help us live. It it actually holds us back from living. And so when I when I started stepping out into nature and when I was began, you know, understanding that I'm so much greater than all of that pain, that's where the shift happened. And it didn't happen overnight. 
nothing happens overnight. I mean, for me, you know, it took me a couple of years and a lot of miles on the trail and, you know, a lot of time just lying on grass, looking at the stars, watching the clouds and just understanding that, you know, my breath is mine and my heartbeat is mine and nobody can take that from me. My life is mine. I like that. So we've been talking about um, examples where the perpetrator is a person, the so-called scallywag, the scoundrel, um, is a is a person that uh, we might feel victim to. But sometimes mm-hmm. the uh, the heartache, the pain, the train wreck, whatever, is something much bigger. Like in 2020, somebody might have lost their business, and yeah. now they're they dump their savings into an, uh, a bottomless pit, trying to keep it afloat. And now they're flat broke, and and um, the victim of a intangible quote enemy unquote. It's uh, I mean, how do you how do you perceive the the situation? Uh, kind of taking it out of the personal context, and when you look at your mm-hmm. life and it seems like there's so much turmoil, how do you get how do you get past the this is happening to me, and mm. instead of falling back in defense, like shaking it off and and leaning into it with uh, hope and possibility and courage. Yeah, so, you know, I talk about this. There's so many things I can touch on here. I talk about this in my book, Surrendering to the Outcome, um, because I was a control freak, which is why I had to smile when you were and when you <laughs> entered this entire, you know, episode with that. I was like, oh, he is speaking my former language. Because um, so, I was. I was a control freak. I mean, I'll tell you, for the longest time, I, you know, I just, I always looked at the destination, not at the journey. Because right. that was my way of controlling what was going to happen. But the one thing that age and all of these experiences have taught me is I truly have no control over anything, truthfully, right? Like, I do. I have control over my actions and, and my responses and those types of things. But the things that happen to me, who knows what's going to happen when I walk outside, you know, my office tonight? I don't know. And so allowing myself to step into that place and knowing that life is not happening to me, which is something that you mentioned, but happening for me. Every moment is happening for me. It's not happening to me. And so when I, when I shift that perspective, it's kind of like standing on a mountain and, and viewing it one way and then flipping and seeing it from an entirely different perspective, right? It's like I, I don't see my life in the, in the terms of all of those things happened to me and now look at where I am today. I look at it as all of those things have happened for me and now look at what the possibilities that have come from it. And wow. that's, that's, a, that's a mind shift. That's a, but here's the, here's the flip side of it. It's a mind shift, but more so than anything, it's a heart shift because we in society are so mind-driven. I mean, we're a mindset society. And so when we can, and I talk with my clients about this all the time, and this is what I teach when we're on, when we're on the trail, when I'm on my retreats doing the guiding or when I take people out into nature, it's about dropping into your heart and listening to that and believing that you are being guided for the highest good. You know, we can't do that from our head. We do that from our heart space. And so when we're completely aligned in that way, anything is possible. 
And so trust me, I, 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 you know, the business thing, the way 2020 went down, I mean, it was like, what the hell? I had two kids that couldn't graduate. I had another one decided now to redo eighth grade. I mean, my, my middle son is a water polo player, a freshman at USD playing, and it completely took out the first part of the year. So many things went down. And right. the one thing that our traumas, the things that my family traumas have taught both me and my boys and my ex-husband is that, you know, all of this stuff is is happening in a way that we can learn how to overcome, quote, and how to create it, something better from it. And so it, it truly is a different way of living, and it's not one that I was in for a long time, by the way. But I'll tell you, it's so much nicer on this side. It's so much nicer on this side because <laughs> you just surrender to it. You know, like you trust, and that gets back to trusting too. Right. Well, we're going to get to that so much nicer part, I promise, but there's just a a point or two I want to touch on while we're in the quagmire side of things. When, like, so imagine you grow up in a household and if you start bawling or get in emotionally distraught and trigger dad, dad will beat the crap out of mom, and so you learn Mm -hmm. you can't feel pain. You you just have right. to hold it in because your environment gets extremely hostile and dangerous. And so you've never, ever given yourself permission <laughs> to just let go and collapse into the pain of the past and, and capitulated out your persona. Um, t- can you share about, you know, if you're... If you're afraid of, uh, if you let go of the pain, it might it, it might slip out of quote control or back to that control thing. I mean, yeah. What what's the value of looking at that pain that can be hard to let go of? Yeah, oh, there's so much. So one of the things that I say all the time is to heal anything, you have to feel everything, and that can be really brutal. Um, there's a, you know, that whole control thing. It's, it's also a safety mechanism for people that have lived through trauma. It's how they stay safe. The number one most important thing that we as trauma survivors need to do is to feel safe. That's what we do. We go to our old tools. And uh, I will tell you that the, the, biggest, the biggest thing, and it's interesting that you bring this up because for so many people, they do hold power in holding on to, they put power in holding on to resentment or holding on to anger or holding on to all of the things because, and I talk about that in my book too, because they, for them, it's a reminder of what had happened, right? Like, we're, I'm going to hold this. I'm going to hold that person that did this to me in that space. And if right. I don't stay angry with them, if I don't still hold resentment to them, that means that they're, quote, getting off the hook. But that's not the case. It's actually holding you in a space that is very toxic, and so when, as hard as that is for some people to, to, to hear, because I get it, um, there was a number of, well, a good year there where I just wanted to scream at my ex-husband every day. I was just like, how could you have done this? And you do have to work through that piece. And then when you get to the other side, when you're standing there and you're like, okay, I'm ready to let go of this, the benefit of doing that hard work is that you are also changing patterns of behavior that have happened in your family for generations, and you may not even know it. That's what happened with me, too, with, with um, the different things that, that I had to work through. And 
I now have the conversations with my parents, and I'm like, wow, so you experienced something similar, but never, but I didn't know that. And so the reason that I've also been so open about this is because I want to stop all of those those generational patterns of trauma, those things that have happened in my parents' past and in my grandparents' past and all the way down so that my children don't have to then carry it forward. And so the work isn't only for you. It's not only for me. It's for all of the people in the past and the present and within our family units. Sarah, that was so beautifully spoken. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. I Something I truly believe in. Well, now, enough of this pain and heartache stuff. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, oh, my. <laughs> if, if, if there's a glass of whiskey near you at home, just chug it on down. Let's, let's, let's crack it open here. Um, <laughs> let's crack it open. Now, I now, do take whiskey on, the tra- on my own personal trails. I take, I, take a, I take a little flask of whiskey because when I hit a summit and it's cold out, it tastes good. Not in my business trails, not in my business work, but in my personal work I do. <laughs> hey, what goes on the trail stays on the trail. You don't know. I'm kidding. Exactly. Um, <laughs> now, now, before we get into it, we've looked at the past, so to speak, Mm-hmm. And before we get into the the other side of it, let's use that reference to the past. And and can you share with us, uh, like who you were who you were before your husband dropped the bomb on you, so to speak, mm-hmm. when you didn't know that it was about to come, and you thought yeah. your life was perfect. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that that's life true. I did. That life seemed normal to you. What I'm getting at is our, the measuring stick that we have to de- to mm-hmm. decide our life. And then fast forward to today, where you've tasted the fruit, so to speak, of forgiveness, mm-hmm. of self-love, of of honoring who you are, of honoring the the wisdom of your heart. Talk to us about that contrast. Mm, that's so good. I love that term, wisdom of your heart. That's so good. Um, so before I found out about everything, I was, quote, the mom. People, <laughs> the people that are now in my life, they, they hear about who I was and they just shake their head. They're like, really? Wow. I, um, you know, I put together community-wide kickball tournaments. I was the mom who held sushi parties. I lived in the 4,100-square-foot beautiful home four blocks from the beach um, you know, I was the one that was carting kids around from here to there and, you know, spending time doing volunteer work. And I was in this, the classroom. I was, I, was, I was the mom that did all of that stuff. And, um, and I loved my life. I loved my life. Like, I, I loved my family. I loved I, – I had no idea that – I knew that my husband was going through something, but I could never figure it out. And when I would talk to him about it, people ask me about this. They're like, you didn't know it all. Said, you know what? When you're in a marriage, and I believe I, I value marriage so much, and when you are that committed to something, um, and when I, when I, you know, he was my best friend for the longest time, and I thought I knew him so deeply. Uh, and so when I did have those instances of, gosh, why are you struggling or what are you struggling with? And I would ask him, and he would say, nothing, it's nothing, I'm good. 
you're just you're just seeing something. It's just work. You know, it was always just back to it's just work. It's all, I'm just got I've got a lot of pressure. And so when he would have more pressure come on, what would I do? I would go and and try to take the pressure off and make things better. And so was there codependence in there? There was. You're in there. Um, and I still had a little bit of independence because I'm also that person who still loved to explore and I was, you know, would take my trips to the Grand Canyon or whatever it was. And now that I'm not that person, I mean, she was, I, I was a fantastic mom and I, and I do know that and I honor that. The, the right. difference between me now and the dif- difference between me then is huge. It's huge. Um, I, I use my voice a lot more than I did back then. I will tell you that. I am so much happier. I am fully independent. I sold my house and 95% of my stuff. I decided to get rid of everything. I told my kids we were moving across the street, literally. We moved across the street into an 800-square-foot rental unit. We decided nothing is coming with us unless it touches our heart and soul. My, my kids and I both decided that. Um, we literally stripped down and... It was important for me to do that, not so much even because of financially. It was because I wanted to get back to the core of who we were as, as not only individuals but also as a family unit because we had to create something that was completely different than what it was before. And it was the best thing I ever did. As hard as it was, it was the best thing that I ever did. And I'm so much more happy. I'm just, I, I, I explore more into life and in, with my boys and, and I see things so differently. I'm not, I'm not a control freak like I used to be because you can't be. You just literally get to this place where you have to get into when you're in freedom. It's like you're surrendering, right, to all of it. And so, um, yeah, and I trust me so much more. I trust my intuition because I now look back and I can see where my intuition always was hitting and where I chose to listen to him instead of myself. And so I am a hell of a lot more wise today in relationships, individually within myself, I can guide myself differently than I ever was back then. Beautiful. Um, so freedom and trust uh, stand out and moving into that heart space, weighing, weighing your choices with your heart. As mm-hmm. as as you change your demeanor, so to speak, with these attributes, these newfound, um, maybe they're not newfound attributes, but the value of what these attributes have to offer you, the value of freedom, the value of trust, the value of your your heart. As you have learned to honor this more and more as you go through life and as a consequence of honoring that, you blossom, you expand, Mm -hmm. and... There's really no end to that. Um, how do you, if you look at the cadence of your life in a relatively short term, like six months or whatever, do you still see an expansion of yourself, or did you? Oh, did you? <laughs> this is such a good question. <laughs> no, I did not just chug. I did not just chug whiskey. Okay, I'm actually laughing at this question because yes, it has expanded big time. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at because um, the, the flip side of control is freedom. The flip side of control yeah. is is a staticness. It's hard to put words to it. In that, 
I mean, we've talked about the human persona on the show for a decade now. There's some real solid gifts inside every one of us, and it's not a uh-huh. one pony where you open it once and the and the the balloons have faded and the candles are blown out. It's an ever expanding um, uh, expression of ourselves. Talk about how yeah. how. Kind of the cadence of your life is now. Well, so I, this is, you're you are I, I amazing. Told by you, the way. I was you totally, you totally like nail in. I'm like, okay, here we go. Uh, so, you know, I think the one of the things that I've learned so much also is awareness and just simply awareness of my freedom and awareness of my joy and awareness of what's possible and awareness of my happiness. And so that's what I choose to give energy to. Like, I don't do anything anymore unless it's freaking fun. Like, I literally tell my clients, your healing does not have to suck. This can be a lot of fun. And so, yes, there's moments of difficulty. But on the other side of that, wow. And so every year I decide to take, I take a trip for myself. So three years ago I went on on an eight-day trip on the High Sierra Trail. Two years ago, I went on a High Sierra Loop for seven days. And last year, I took 22 days to myself, and I went on the John Muir Trail from uh, Sequoia National, no, Yosemite, um, to the summit of Mount Whitney. And I do that because I want to, I want to learn more. I want to do exactly what you're talking about. I want to deepen and also expand that cadence. And so when I was, and, and this is where I believe so deeply and connecting in it with nature and also having those spiritual experiences and, and surrendering to universe, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, um, something so much bigger than ourselves. And I, you know, I listened. I listened when I, when I was on that trail. I thought I was there to expand my book out there. And on day one, I, because um, I do a lot of manifesting on the trail as well, and I teach people how to do that. Um, on day one, I saw two people get engaged on the when I was on the High Sierra Trail, one at the top of uh, Nevada Falls and one at the top of Clouds Rest. And that day, I sat on top of Clouds Rest, pulled out my phone, and talked into it. And I just said, wow, okay, I thought I was here for one thing. I'm not. I'm here to deepen my love of self, my worthiness of self, to um, deepen my trust of self so that I can get into a relationship. Because I haven't been in a committed relationship in seven years. So I got off that trail. I can't believe I'm actually even telling you this story. This is funny. This is the first time I've told, told this story. So I got off that trail, and I called my mom, and I told her. She always asks me, well, what did you learn about yourself? And I said, I learned that I'm ready for a partner in my life. And she laughed, and then we had the conversation a little bit more deeply, and she said, okay, you go do your thing. I'm going to do mine, and this is going to happen. And so I'm not going to go too into it because it's not fully out there, but um, – yeah, so I developed a much deeper trust for myself, and I am now in a committed relationship with somebody that is, uh, this is where the expansive comes in. I never imagined that I would get into this space after having been, I knew I would, I I just didn't know it would feel this great. <laughs> That's my point. Oh, yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. I just didn't know. Because, you know, my trust, and in, in when you've been betrayed so deeply so many times through the years and you've learned to forgive and you've learned to trust yourself, and, yes, you learn to forgive others and, and you learn to um, trust others, to get to, I always say it's, an, it's even a deeper level. Like I continuously dive even deeper into uh, and pulling back the layers of 
that trust or of that that freedom or those possibilities. And I'll tell you, it's this has been the biggest freaking gift for me, the biggest gift, just diving that much more deeply. deeply. And there's risk involved. Of course, there always is anything that we do. And like I said today to somebody, when I was writing something out, I said, um, what is the risk by not stepping into it? What is the risk by not stepping into your freedom, not stepping into your trust for self, not stepping into your trust for others? You're risking a lot more by not going there than you are by going there. Well, and, and you're filling your cup from within. You've you've found yeah. your heart. And so you're coming, I mean, I, uh, in a sense, you're coming to the relationship with your cup already overflowing because of the expansion yeah. of life. It's the codependency thing kind of sucks once you taste your own your own passion and hey um we've got uh, about fifteen minutes left, and we haven't touched on the power the harnessing the healing power of nature mm. Mm. now you give tours through the Grand Canyon or uh, excursions perhaps and um, you've, you just shared about how you do this uh, um, personal um, experience with nature. Mm-hmm. Tell us what nature has to offer you in this journey. Well, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, about what it does for the brain, but it literally just spending a week in nature can reduce your PTSD symptoms by 29%. And so what it does is, even within our brain, like our brain is the frontal lobe of our brain is always on. That's where our task mastering is. When we're looking at Zoom or, you know, Skype or whatever it is, that's that's the constant, you know, checking off the boxes. And when we're in that space over and over and over again <clears throat> with the frontal lobe, we don't have clarity. And so when you're going outside, it's, it's, it literally shifts the brain waves. It shifts within your brain and you end up, the frontal lobe of your brain takes a rest, the back part of your brain will rise, which is the cerebellum, which is where we have uh, clarity, where we have peace moments, where we feel that awe and that wonder. And when we experience awe and wonder, awe is the number one most uh, important um, feeling that we can have to lessen uh, trauma or to um, pain or anything like that that's going through your body. And so when we go out into nature, it actually shifts who we are, shifts our brains so that we can experience what it is to that's something far greater than ourselves, which is, you know, that experience, that feeling of awe and wonder. Um, and so there's just so much healing that happens when you are out there. And, you know, that's why I, I just, I believe so deeply in it. Plus, I always say, you know, nature provides. In other words, if I'm on a trail and something happens, like when I was on the John Muir Trail, and we, um, we were out there when there were fires all around us, and we had to make an important decision. Do we get off or do we go forward? And there were so many life lessons in the one night that we were on the trail. And so those life lessons I take forward into what I'm doing today. You know, it's, the trail provides us with so much, so much more than just, hey, look at the pretty view. It truly gives us everything that we need in that moment. And I share that in my book. I talk about different experiences with my clients that I've had in the Grand Canyon where 
the trail has given them their own life lessons, which they've then carried forward into their life today. Very nice. Well, now, when did you start coaching in in the timeline of of your awakening, so to speak? Hmm. So I went back to school about five years ago, and then I started doing these four years ago, um, and they've just been so healing. We do three months of coaching, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a certified professional coach, and I'm also certified working in relational betrayal trauma. So um, I'm not just a life coach. I mean, I, I have a lot of other credentials as well. And uh, I'm also wilderness first responder certified, so I can take people into the wilderness and not, you know, if something happens, I can get them out. Um, so we do three months of coaching along, so it's online, along with the, we do about a month and a half prior to and a month, month and a half afterwards, along with the retreat itself, where we go into the Grand Canyon, we spend two nights at the bottom, we do meditating, we do breath work, we do deep coaching, uh, we hike, we adventure, we have a lot of fun. We cry, we laugh. It's just it's so much fun. It's so transformational. Um, and then we hike out a completely different person. And the beautiful thing about the canyon is that it's different than hiking up a mountain because you're going down in. And I, I always tell people metaphorically it works beautifully because what I want people to do as well is to go into who they are. That's that whole dropping into your heart, dropping into your intuition and staying there and feeling it and experiencing it. It's an experiential journey of self. And then it, when you hike out of the canyon and when you come out of yourself through this experience, you are a completely different person and you take that experience forward with you. Wow, very powerful. I love the metaphor of going down into it, you know, taking mm-hmm. the plunge. And n- nature just, um, when you live in a, in four walls, and especially with 2020 not getting out and about, and you go out in nature, there's there's nothing familiar, so to speak, of being inside a house. It's so completely different. The feel of yeah. the, the wind on your skin, the mm. and, and if I think when you go out for multiple days too, it it shifts your mind into it's that control. <laughs> I want to know it how is. this is going to go. <laughs> and, it and is. It is turned into a big question mark. It it can allow that trust to come out and 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 the freedom of it. Um, well, what kind of uh, what kind of uh, before and afters? I mean, of, uh, in general, have you seen with your clients? I mean, can you give us some oh. examples? Oh, goodness. I, <laughs> I I could give you so many. It could go on and on. Um, gosh, I've had, I had one woman, I remember, I remember where we were on the Clear Creek Trail and I looked up and I thought, oh, she's going to get divorced. And sure enough, um, a couple of months later, she called me and she's like, Sarah, so I just want to let you know I'm getting divorced. And I said, do you want me to give you the, the, where you were on the trail when you had the hit? And she was like, oh my gosh, you saw it? Totally saw it within you. I saw the shift within her, and I told her, and she was like, oh, my gosh. So I've had that. I've had um, mother and daughter where they've gone down, and they've completely deepened their relationship with each other, in, both individually and together. They came out, ended up getting a tattoo. She, 
the younger daughter figured out where she wanted to go to college, and she's like, this helps me to get to where I am today. I mean, the list goes on and on. I've had, um, I remember where I was hiking down in with somebody, and I I kept telling her, we were standing at the, at the Colorado River, and I looked at her and I said, hey, you're going to quit your career. And she goes, no, I'm not. And she was, I was like, oh, okay, sorry, no, you're not. I said, maybe you just need to listen to the people that we crossed, though, on the paths. And we crossed a man. I think I actually talk about this in the book. We, taught, I, we crossed a man who looked at her and said, um, this job that I have was killing me, and, and it's the same job that she had. And he said, I am now so happy on the other side of it. She got out of the canyon, and she was, had this realization this, this, of her passion and purpose. And she was like, this isn't it. I need to leave my career. So now she's happier than ever. And so, I mean, I, I get to witness all that, and I can, I can see when people have those mind shifts being out of their head. And I don't, I don't like the woman who was getting divorced, I wasn't going to tell her on the trail. Um, but the, it's interesting to me to, to watch how it literally, they, they take that experience out of the canyon, and it, and it gives them the opportunity to completely shape-shift their life into different ways. It expands relationships. I mean, I've had husbands that have told me my wife can now go on this at any time because I cannot even tell you how it's expanded our relationship into what it is today. I mean, the family units, the friend units, I've had friends go in and deepen their friendships, and it's just beautiful. Men who have completely transformed their life because I I sometimes have where it's all women and one man, one man that will go on the trip with us, and it completely shifts it, because people see one another um, through a different lens. They realize how we are, we're truly not any different than the person standing to the right or the left or the front or the back of us. We, we are all human beings. And so regardless right. of who we are. And so it gets you to that, back to that core human spirit. Yeah, I've seen it um, all. I've seen it all. Well, I'm going to fish even more. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> now, now the, the example you gave where the woman where you said to the woman uh, you're going to change careers and she's like yeah right get over that mm-hmm. um, how do we how do we discover these new chapters in our life so to speak I mean do you, it's like sprinkling flour on the kitchen floor to see if you've been sleepwalking how do you <laughs> How do you great. Um, avoid the train wreck by recognizing what needs to change when it's not the two-by-four hitting you upside of the head? Well, so that's, that's exactly what I've learned how to do. Because had I been more aware in my life, had I listened to my intuition, had I, had I listened to the signs around me, to the God-given hits, to the, you know, they call them God winks, whatever you want to call them. Had I listened to the people that tried to give me messages, my life wouldn't have been hit up by the two by four because I would have been listening, right? But we don't, we don't always listen to what our heart is saying because we want our mind to take over. And so, you know, that goes back to be aware of what's being handed to you. Be aware of your intuition. Be aware of what your gut is saying. Be aware of what your heart is saying. And simply listen to what is being told to you around you. And I'm not only talking about, like, human, you know, conversation. I'm talking about 
everything. You know, if, if, if something is being presented to you over and over and over again, it's being presented to you over and over and over again for a reason. Right. They always say you will continue to be handed the same lesson over and over until you learn from it, right? And so that's the same thing. And it can be hard to break those patterns. It can be hard to listen when we, when to our heart when our mind is saying something else. But I promise you, and I promise you, that when you do that, that's where we live in complete freedom, complete peace, complete joy, in abundance, quite frankly. And, and when you've tasted that uh, freedom and joy, and when you've tasted that coming out of your psyche, that's the stuff. I think a lot of times yeah. we might, the universe has given us signs that we need to change, but that that damn control addiction, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like that metaphor at the beginning of the show. I can't throw the reins down on the galloping horses. I'll lose control. Right. And it's like, well, wait a minute. How the hell is your heart and your soul going to get you to make a hard left and get back up on some asphalt so you can take a chill pill and start enjoying life? You know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. And where does control come from? It comes from our head. And that's why yeah. getting out in nature works, because then you're out of your head and you go into your heart. And so when you experience that, there's nothing like it. There's literally nothing like it. So many of my clients, after they hike the canyon, they start hiking big things. They, where they're like, I never thought I'd be hiking. And so, but they just, there's, it's just this, this natural, um, you know, beautiful way of, of being when you're out there. And it's, there's nothing like it. Well, very nice. You know, um, I'm holding your book in my hand right now. Mm, I love that. I'm holding my book in my hand, too. (laughs) Woohoo! It's the same book. It's like (laughs) parallel reality or something. (laughs) No, wait, that's that's the next episode. Sorry. Um, (laughs) What I really like about your book is you draw the reader in. Um, Mm, Thank you. On page 168, you say, complete this sentence in your journey and recite it every day. I forgive myself for blank. I mean, you, yeah. you, you don't just. It's not like you're just reciting a story and there's no return. You, you draw the reader in to bring their own life with you on this journey through the book that you, that you share your life story with. I think it's a delightful book. It's a wonderful book. Thank you, thank you. And and I, that. Typically, that comes from a compassionate heart. So, mm. no proctologist, but I think uh, your heart has has captured you, and there's no chance of escaping it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's um, yeah. I I I thank you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I receive. <laughs> thank well, you. Well. Uh, um, now let's talk about, uh, I heard there's this woman on the planet named Sarah at BU. Tell us, tell us about Sarah's platform. Tell us about your book. Tell us about your, mm. your, your wilderness journey. Tell the audience yeah. how can engage your platform. My platform. Uh, so you can find me pretty much anywhere, including on Peaks. 
uh, summits. Um, so my website is sarahschultenkranz.com. In my website, you will find my TEDx talk on forgiveness. Uh, you will also find <clears throat> the book is in there. There is a really cool, actually a really beautiful video that we did um, for the book that's also in there that you can watch if you want to learn more about the book. Um, you can purchase it on Amazon and any fine bookstore, Barnes & Noble, like all the way through. Um, I would love it if you would go leave a review in Amazon because I didn't – this is all the stuff I'm learning – that all those reviews and those ratings actually help to get the book back out there into other hands. And I always say we are ripples effects for one, we are ripples for one another, right? And so if we can get the book into other people's hands, we can also create a better world. And so it's not, a, the book isn't mine anymore. It's all of yours as well. And so, um, and then we're working on a documentary that is called Walk Through This, a story of starting over. Ten women filmed in the Grand Canyon November of 2019. Um, and that is in post-production, which hopefully will get out there. We're thinking by the end of this year sometime. That's what we're hoping. And so you can go to walkthroughthis.com and watch all of the, um, the, the, the episodes, the little snippets of it. It's amazing, I will tell you. The director of that is just doing a fantastic job. Um, and then my retreats. My retreats are on my website. We have one coming up in April of this year, April 7th through the 11th. June 7th through the 11th. We have one in October of this year and February of 2022. They do fill up, and so definitely send me a message. You can email me at sarah at sarahsheltoncrans.com and set up a call, and we'll see if it's the right fit for you. Um, they're amazing and super healing, and we need them now more than ever. Uh, and, yes, I do have a COVID-19 mitigation plan in place, just for those people that are a little concerned about that. Um, and then, yeah, is there anything else? What else am I doing? I have an online program as well through my website that you can join. It's, an, it's a year-long online healing journey called The Trail, a community for truth, inspiration, hope, and healing. You can join that at any time. We have guest speakers, and I do coaching and, um, and uh, training and group coaching, and it's, that's a lot of fun too. I love that group. So I'm doing a number of things, and I love all of them. They're just it's great. It's been a lot of fun doing this. Bravo. Wonderful. Well, now yeah, thank you. we've just got a little bit of time left. Um, what would you say, what message would you say to your past self before oh. you, before you woke this is up? This good. How could you mm. talk to yourself in the past? What, what would you say? You know what I would say to her? I would say, um, gosh, I believe you. I think for so long I, um, you know, when I wasn't, having somebody hear you, not just listen, but to truly hear you is one of the biggest gifts that you can have. And that's why when I'm sitting with my clients, I'm, I'm listening, but I'm also hearing them, like truly hearing and listening everything that they're saying. And, um, and I would tell her, continue to use your voice, continue to share your story. You are making a difference. And with every step, you are walking through this, not only for yourself, but for others. And I think that is one of the most powerful things that, that I, would, I would look back on her and remind her of every day. Um, yeah, and and forgiveness is always it's the basis of love. Like love is always under forgiveness, and 
and that always takes you back to that place, which is your heart. And so just continue to follow that. Every step, follow your heart. Well, very nice. Um, Sarah, what a delightful episode. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight on the show. It's been a kick. Thank you so much. And if you guys, seriously, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Facebook, and I am more than happy. DM me. I'm I'm there. I'm there all the time just, you know, doing my thing. And um, and I love talking to people. So go for it. I, I, I would love to hear from everybody. We've been talking with Cher, uh, Sarah Schulting Krantz, and the topic tonight has been walk through this. It's uh, I love I love stories like this because when you when you crack yourself open by choice or maybe by circumstance <laughs> that there's some there's some real nuggets um, they're really gifts that just keep on giving I know that sounds like an infomercial but. That there's really no end. You cannot exhaust the love that you can give yourself. It and love expands as you spend it. Um, if if 2020 dragged you through the weeds and you feel emotionally exhausted, and when you feel emotions come up, you might feel like cringing a little bit. It turns out emotions are as impersonal as gravity. The mechanism of emotions has no bias or skin in the game. It's an impersonal attribute to your human demeanor. When you heal your relationship with emotions, they become your friend, your gift, your compass. Your emotions are a prized possession once you learn how to how to navigate them. I have an emotional um, product on the New Human Living Store. It's a solid hour of um, very in-depth conversation about how to heal your relationship with your emotions and actually evolve out of the harder, tougher emotions and learn to anchor your life in the more joyful, happy, and supportive emotions. My passion is helping people like you. You've showed up for yourself. You listen to this episode. I applaud you, the listener. This is why we do it. It's always a pleasure spending time like this with you. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.